Alex. Guckste, hörste, klickste. Mittwoch, 20 Uhr. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to Burlesque on Air, the worldwide first burlesque radio show with the lovely host Lada Redstar and many, many stars of the burlesque scene and also other scenes. <laughs> <laughs> and my lovely co-host, Suzanne. Suzanne, are you ready to be naughty again with me this always, month? Always, always. <laughs> and you know why are we particularly naughty this week? Mm -hmm. Because we are talking about lingerie, underwear, sexy underwear. Suzanne, I hope you're wearing some this, this week. I wear some underwear, that's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We are going to discover in this episode that some of our guests don't wear underwear at all. Yeah, and you will find out what I wear if you just continue listening to the show. Ah, <laughs> so under the table we'll be checking our little panties. Which colors are yours today? Naya, this is a secret that the listeners should find out later. Mine's are red. Ah, red, what a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> So, dear listeners, that you, as you have already understood, we are going to be talking about lingerie today. And who are mm -hmm. we going to have as our guests? Of course, we're going to have a legend, and we're going to have our little special co co corner with Satan's angel. She's gonna be telling us about all the secrets of the burlesque lingerie from the golden era of burlesque. We are going to have with us our super special burlesque superstar. Catherine Delish. I mean, she is a living legend of burlesque. She is amazing. She's a superstar. She's been making as well the costumes for Dita Fontese. So she has a very, very big knowledge in underwear, in lingerie, and especially in gowns and robes, luxurious robes. After that, we'll be talking with Marsha, our little virgin from the 60s. Who was Marsha? She was a seller at Fredericks of Hollywood. An amazing, uh, uh, luxurious and very, very kinky brand uh, from the 60s. And uh, to In, end? To end? We have a very nice woman here, Nico, who works for a luxury lingerie brand. Today. Yeah, today. And what is so special about being a seller in a very luxurious uh, lingerie brand store? Yeah, she has many, many dirty stories to tell. Also, what happens behind the curtains there. Yes. And mm, you will hear a lot of funny and crazy stories about the men and women who want to buy some lingerie there. Yeah, but not only lingerie, of course. Very often they want a bit more than that. Hmm. Yeah, they have uh, purposes and uh, they are a little bit more kinky than that. Uh, I mean, and here we are talking about wanking on a glue gun and uh, uh, blowjobs. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't, don't reveal everything already. We won't reveal anything, so we're going to abandon you now to the luxuries of this lingerie episode. Enjoy this latest episode of Burlesque on Air. And 
friends, we're back with a very, very special moment of burlesque on air that you're all waiting for. I know that because we received so many comments on our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash burlesque on air. Every single time that we talk about the legend of legends, Satan's angel, the likes are just flowing, the comments are flowing, and you all want her in our radio show, so the time is now for Satan's memories. <laughs> Hello, darling, you're back with us on Burlesque on Air. Well, you know how much I love you two. <laughs> and I'm sorry I'm so raspy, but I have so I just got over a cold and I had laryngitis, so you're I'm probably going to sound like a a man or a butch. Well, that's a very, yeah. very sexy thing. Well, the butch part is. The man thing, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, you might know that today's topic is lingerie, the secret life of lingerie. So, I would like you to share with us a little bit of the lingerie tip of the burlesque costumes of the past, of the golden era of the burlesque. Well, actually... I don't, I don't wear underwear, so that, that's the end of that story. <laughs> I don't wear bras. I don't wear pants. I, my mother, I have two pair of underwear, okay? And then when it gets a little faded because they're all white and lacy, <laughs> I throw them out. So, so my lovely German friends, <laughs> so much for the lingerie. For so now we know your little dirty secret. <laughs> yes, I don't wear any. Yay! I don't wear any now and I'm going to be 72. So there you go. But you had to wear them on stage back in the days because, I mean, you would go to prison if you weren't, huh? That's right. We would all go to jail. Uh, we had costumers that made our underwear, the lace, the rhinestones. And, you know, lace was hard for us to get. We had to, we had to get it from France, you know, or from uh, 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 Japan, the brocades and things like that. Very, very expensive, very see-through, very sheer. So we all wore nude G-strings. Mm -hmm. So they would think that we were naked. And if you really didn't have the money... To have your costume, you know, uh, Bill Blass, uh, um, Hedy Joe Starr, B.B. Hughes, you went to Frederick's of Hollywood. Oh, the big That's brand, it. the lingerie brand of the 60s. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm so fortunate because I live, my best, one of my best friends lives next door to me. And her very first job as a virgin, if you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, she she was just, were you even married yet? No. She wasn't even married. She was a true virgin working in the Fredericks of Hollywood in 1966. How amazing. And we will interview her later in the episode. And we're going to have a little bit of the insight of a lingerie shop of the 60s. How amazing. But let's go back to us now, Satans, and let's finish your stories of the burlesque lingerie from the time. Did you ever had like a, uh, a lingerie little problem on stage? I actually, um, I never, uh, no, I never, I popped a bra, and, you know, as you're dancing along and suddenly, you know, your whole tatas, your boobs just fell out. <laughs> And, and you hated yourself and you say, well, hook and eyes, no more snaps, you know. 
Uh, underwear, no, because we usually wore like two or three pair. You know, the full panty, the thong, and then the G-string. And then, of course, we would take off the G-string. I always did it with... Um, I had one of my big negligees on, and so I would unsnap one side and unsnap the other, then pull the G-string out, which was usually all solid rhinestones or beads, very beautiful, and then just kind of hold your arms straight out and drop it on the ground and then swirl around to the audience and you were butt naked. Now, there were some other girls that weren't quite as shy. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more yeah, about remember, it. I, I was a kid, you know, but the... The thing, uh, you know, for lingerie, and I kind of did consider that as part of my very last few things to have on was my shoes. Oh. And I I actually was working in a little, um, I can't even remember the nightclub in Hamburg, and I sat down on the edge of the stage in my G-string and I took off my shoe. And then I would run my shoe up my ankle, inside my thigh, and all over my little putty cat. <laughs> and then I would take off the other one. And this great big German dude jumps up, runs down the aisles. And you know what he does? He grabs my shoes. Whoa. Runs out the door, and I'm screaming, stop that man, stop that man. <laughs> of course, and half of everybody's like, you know, they don't speak English. Because this was like uh, about 67 or something, you know. And uh, and he's run, he runs out the door. I jumped off the stage. I dove through the audience. And I was running down the street in a G-string, chasing this big fat man, huge fat man with my high heels. <laughs> Needless to say, somebody said to me, when I caught up with him, I got the you know my, my high heels and I was pounding him and beating on him and everything. And uh, some guys from the other nightclubs, because there was a lot of nightclubs on the street. He said, uh, come over to me and he said, you know, lady, you need to put some panties on. I said, honey, I do have some panties on. <laughs> and all I had was that little lacy, you know, rhinestone G-string. That's what I remembered about Hamburg or Hamburg. Oh my God! And with this, so it's not really lingerie, but it has something to do. With it lingerie. has to do with lingerie, yes. Oh, thank you, Satan's for sharing this month as well. Your memories with us, and we cannot wait to have you back next month. Thank you oh, so oh, so much. I love all of you, and I love my all my babies in Germany. And I'm sorry I couldn't come this year. Maybe next year we're working on it. Hopefully, bye. Bye, I love you guys. <laughs> Bye. Sex. Oh, dear Burlesque on Air listeners, the moment has come. After one year and a half of Burlesque on Air, finally we have on air with us the legend of legends. I mean, the, the living burlesque superstar. Catherine Delish. I don't even know where to start to talk about her, to tell her CD. She has won so many titles that we would it wouldn't even be enough one hour of the full radio show to talk about them. But uh, there is Miss Nude USA, 
World Performer of the Year, Showgirl of the Year, Miss Exotic America, Miss Nude International, USA's Best Shows, and two times, not one, but two times Miss Exotic World. And the legend says that because of you, Catherine, they stopped, they stopped allowing two queens to have more than one title because otherwise you would just go on and win them all. Welcome to Burlesque on Air, Catherine. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> it's such an honor for us. So oh, just explain a little bit to our listeners who you are. You are one of the most famous burlesque performers in the world, and especially in the burlesque community. You're definitely the one that is the most respected, it's the most adored. And uh, you are very, very famous for your extravagant costumes and big props. And you're as well an amazing costume designer. And that's why you're in this episode where we talk about lingerie. But Catherine, I want to know everything. I want to know everything about your beginnings. You started burlesque in which year exactly? Um, I started when um, I was a teenager. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, so I was, um, I started in a, just a, a strip club. I was just a very young, you know, naive in some ways, not very naive in other ways. And uh, <laughs> I am. Um, okay, Catherine, was, naive? I don't believe it. <laughs> well, I was, I had, you know, um, there were things in the world I had never seen. And when I was a teenage girl in my very first apartment, um, looking through the classified ads for a job, I s saw this one that said, nude and dollar signs on either side of nude, nude, dollar <laughs> I was like, I just laughed and laughed and I was like, oh, this would be hilarious if I went down there and um, checked that out as a joke, right? Because it was so not me. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I like to have an adventure for sure. So I went downtown to, um, this was in San Diego when downtown San Diego was still a little bit greasy <laughs> and uh, I found this dark doorway and that was the address I, I was in the um ad and so i climbed this very long dark tall step you know steps stairs going upstairs upstairs it was all kind of sticky and nasty <laughs> and i get to the top of the stairs and there's one red light bulb and a hole cut in the wall and all the walls are covered with this dirty fake fur oh my God. and sitting in this window was this woman and she was I don't know in her 60s probably and smoking a cigarette and super crazy awesome eyeliner and totally topless by the way <laughs> she was like what do you want <laughs> so um I was like yeah I'm, I saw the ad <laughs> and and then I went through these pink swinging saloon doors into this world that was like the weirdest place I'd ever seen in my whole life. And there was like, it was only red light bulbs and these, you know, those gold vein old mirror tiles they used to make yeah. <laughs> like those on some walls, but then every other surface that wasn't a gold vein mirror was covered in like dirty, dusty, navy blue fake fur, or some of the walls were dark red tiger-striped fake fur. <laughs> and, like, and it was just mind-blowing to me who had a different kind of life. <laughs> and um, 
every other like surface was painted pink. So it was just like <laughs> really hideous <laughs> and really amazing. And all there were, I don't know, probably six girls there and um, they were all naked. <laughs> just, you know, you know, like the, it was um, kind of a weird place. And so they're like, okay, just take all your clothes off and go on stage. <laughs> so I did. And um, I made some money and I stuck around for a little bit and I made a hundred bucks and I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> and so before that, you had nothing to do with nudity. You were just, I guess, a dancer, just a ballet. Just what did you train? I was never a dancer. Mm -hmm. I was a musician uh, oh. when I was a teenager and um, also like in the horse world. So uh, this whole dancing thing was new to me, but... I did like to sneak out every night as a teenager and sneak into the dance club. So it's not like I've never danced before, but I mean, I used to just go dancing all night at like the discos and stuff. So, wow. So, um, yeah, it was funny. And you really started the burlesque revival. You were really one of the first or maybe even the first one to start the burlesque revival. And how did it even came to your mind? I mean, who was your inspiration? Uh, there wasn't, um, really an inspiration uh in the form of a person i just uh, i was working in the strip club a few nights a week in this really funny place i told you about mm -hmm. and um they let you do whatever you want and so i have all these great records um with old music because that's i was really into music and so i could play whatever weird like whatever i wanted and i found that the thing i liked dancing to the most was like bump and grind kind of like uh like the soundtrack from breakfast at tiffany's was one of the things i'd play at work <laughs> and um i mean i would play whatever <laughs> and, um, and i then i started you know making outfits and um started kind of getting into it and the more i got into it um I found I really liked it because I was always, well, I was just a slut and I was a kid, but um, <laughs> I uh, started um, really getting into the sexuality and the, the pleasure of discovering my own sexuality in a different way. So I made a you know, rehearsal studio at my own, at my house and started like, this is fun. <laughs> and, um, and as I got more into it, then I started hearing about stripping contests at locals, strip clubs. And I started doing that because I'm like super competitive. And <laughs> it's nice Always. that you just said it openly. I'm super competitive. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, it's fun to, it's a competition is a, has a appeal to me. And so uh, I started doing these and I kind of figured out how to be competitive and I started winning them and then I started doing bigger ones and bigger ones and then I started, you know, winning titles and then <laughs> as I was doing that, I um, became a headliner and toured in the strip clubs and the, the first things I started doing when I started getting into the bigger contest was doing kind of a very classic um classic look and more like striptease um kind of music so not really um like striptease like i'd seen in old videos because i didn't that really didn't do it for me but more like what i imagined it would be when i was um there used to be a place when I was about, I don't know, six or seven years old, that my family on the way to the beach from the countryside, we would pass and it was bright pink. It was also the sister club 
to the place where I first started. But it was bright pink, and it just had this um, big sign, nudes, you know, girls, <laughs> girls, beautiful girls. And this sign that was about, you know, two stories high that got taken down to because it was a code violation eventually. But um, it had this beautiful woman, like, it had a big red beehive and, and dangly earrings. And I just remember being a little girl and driving past that place going, it must be like all the old movies in there. And I thought it was like an old MGM musical in there, but sexy. Cause I was so into sex, like looking at all the playboy <laughs> magazines from when I was like first able to probably to crawl to the garage and um, looking at uh, the joy of sex books under my parents bed. And uh, <laughs> so in my fantasy world where I was very uh, preoccupied with the idea of what sex would be, and also being having so much exposure to musicals and musical theater and um, movies, you know, I just imagined that it must be like, you know, Zigfield Follies, but super naked and really kind of dirty. But so, so that's kind of what um, I started doing was what I, you know, what I thought it should be like that. <laughs> <laughs> and you did it well oh my god yes burlesque should be exactly what Catherine Delish does with it <laughs> and Catherine you're as well a member of the burlesque hall of fame why is that important to you um why is the burlesque hall of fame important oh it's yes for so for so many reasons it's the organization that it is now is is very important and extremely influential and a excellent um platform for new performers and old performers to come and like and showcase what's going on and it gives new performers and old performers um when i say old i mean people that have been doing it for a while yes. <laughs> um like a just this kind of amazing event once a year to kind of come together and you get to see what's going on and it's not necessarily a perfect reflection of what's going on in the burlesque world and i think you definitely can't say that what i do is what burlesque should be because there are about 500,000 different definitions for i burlesque. know but that's my personal opinion i had to share it with the world <laughs> my personal opinion for me but not necessarily for people that prefer something else yes but, but um thank you for the compliment <laughs> I mean, I was so lucky to have a little tour in Italy with you. Oh, you and, had so much fun. You're fun. Yes. <laughs> and oh, my God. I mean, seeing you live on stage is just, I cannot even express. I have goosebumps just thinking about it. Oh, and I remember the scene, Catherine. I have to share this with uh, with our audience members. Oh, and I had this, uh, the backstage was on the side of the stage. And at one point of your choreography, you just bend it. And I had your butt like this in my face. <laughs> and it was the most... <laughs> <laughs> the most divine vision of my whole life. Oh, God, I just want to run on the stage and bite it. <laughs> right, next, well, next time. And up. I mean, you're one of those performers that is just able to make every single movement sexy. And especially what I really admire is that you're able to make your hair be like a sex tool. I mean, the way that you just move your hair, it's so amazing. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. That's quite a compliment. <laughs> so 
So coming back to the Burlesque Hall of Fame, you might know that uh, every month we interview a burlesque legend. So we hear the stories, their stories from the past. We had uh, Satan's Angels, of course. We had Kitten Natividad, Dusty Summers, Big Fanny Annie. And uh, are you fascinated by those, uh, by, by that golden era of the striptease? Oh, totally. And I have been for a long time. I, um, I, they're awesome ladies, by the way. I mean, they're just, cause they're just hilarious and ballsy and fun people. And I, the first time I went out to, I, um, saw some little blurb about the exotic world museum in the desert back when I was, I don't know, probably 19 on an airplane and, um, maybe 20. And, uh, I saw, this little blurb, I was like, wow, a burlesque museum, I'm all over it. So I like drove through the middle of the night when I got back home and drove up to see Dixie. And uh, it was it was so fun to hear Dixie tell that story. She's all like, it was a cold and rainy night. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I, I just showed up and um, it was just, it was really fun to get to know Dixie. And she's kind of a, definitely the fairy godmother of the burlesque community. And the first exotic uh, world uh, reunion thing that I went to, I that's when I first got to meet, you know, these crazy great ladies. And um, it was such a f- fun thing to do, to go out to the desert. And I went for... Um, I went for a few years and then until I got a little weird and they kind of banned me. So I, (laughs) so, um, that's another story I shouldn't tell probably. Um, (laughs) the, uh, um, yeah, meeting those women and, and, uh, seeing them and sitting there and talking to them. And, um, and I love, and this is, I know something that everybody in the burlesque world shares with me is seeing them get, on stage and like have such a great time and it's just such a wonderful sentimental uh really fun experience to share with them and it's great that they they're all there's that happens every year yes amazing 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 so talking about the legends and talking about the costumes i mean the costumes from the past they were so 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 amazing and of course you're keeping that uh, uh, tradition alive with your amazing costume and you are always pushing the limits further and further in lo- in in the luxury of the costumes on stage and you also had the biggest feather fans in the world and why i mean how important it is for you this luxury of uh, in burlesque costumes and uh, and why Oh, it's super important. And I would always just try to do as much as I could possibly afford to. (laughs) So, and I think you understand that feeling. I mean, you have very spectacular costumes and, uh, you know, it's like, um, I wouldn't say it's, it's an addiction, but it's, it's so satisfying to take every penny you have and, um, make something as, as, you know, big and spectacular as, as you can possibly afford to. Yes. <laughs> just keep pushing that. Keep pushing that and keep pushing that as much as I as much as I'm capable of. I'm definitely not wealthy. <laughs> but I have some costumes. <laughs> And uh, we know as well that, of course, uh, you make costumes for other performers. And we have to, of course, mention your biggest client, Dita Funtiz. So 
I just uh, want you to tell us a little bit about uh, your challenges in creating costumes for others and maybe tell us a bit of funny stories of your clients and uh, maybe the costume that you uh, loved creating the most. Um, I think the costume that I most love to make is the one that I haven't made yet. And um, I would call, you know, for for my relationship with Dita, it was like not really a client. It's like that was, you know, that's my best buddy. And uh, we just have fun and laugh. And um, I have had a great time making stuff for her and uh, wearing it. And also it was great because when I was making her costumes, I, you know, I could wear them around my house first. <laughs> 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 it's like the the feeling of being the little girl stealing mom's clothes or something. Yeah, or it was a little bit like mom wearing her little girl. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe more like the, the mom stealing the the daughter's or teenagers, the teenager daughter's like jeans or. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not her mother. I'm not. Yeah, I had her when I was like three years old. <laughs> Uh, she's yeah so we had that was really fun and um, it was just nice to have uh, you know somebody to play with yeah. basically so you know I spend a lot of time by myself I always have so it was fun to have you know somebody to talk about right I mean we still do we still I'm not saying in the past we still <laughs> do talk about rhinestones and we still do all that stuff so <laughs> the favorite topic of conversation for burlesque performers rhinestones <laughs> crystals right. feathers Swarovski prefers that we call them crystal yes <laughs> so just thought I'd put that out there. So, but yeah, there. I mean, obviously, um, I'm a huge supporter of Swarovski, and uh, I do definitely love use them exclusively. It's their product is just above and beyond anything else. So, Catherine, I mean, this is for our listeners because that's always the big question: mm-hmm. uh, E6000 or Gemtech? <laughs> all the way <laughs> there you go so we said it because i mean on the forums on facebook it's the big question all all over and over and over again which glue is the best so there right. you go Catherine delish said it i don't think that anyone can you know <laughs> say that that's not the truth well, so it's, it's it's maybe not the best for everybody and i know people have their reasons we do definitely with my team that works with me we have we take safety precautions and we use a lot of ventilation we absolutely do not store uh products when they're curing in you know in the home or in the living space and um but it's been my experience that nothing has matched that and then there's also hot fix the the swarovski hot fix is really excellent and it's a nice alternative for but only for some applications and some applications you definitely do need to use e6000 and gym tack has its uses too there are different kinds of glues that I would use for different, um, you know, feathers or whatever kinds of things you need to glue. But for, for crystal work, I either hot fix or E6000 or setting, you know, the deep cut fancy stones we set. <laughs> now we could make this whole interview about little tips of costuming. <laughs> Catherine, you and I, I think we could go on and on talking about little details like this for hours, but maybe we have to go on with the radio show now. But I still want from you an advice for our burlesque performer listeners. Maybe you could give us a little bit of advice on how to create a beautiful lingerie set for stage. What is important? 
what is most important is what you start with. And you can absolutely, by all means, you can buy something in a store and you can make changes to it. So the first thing you want to focus on is, does this flatter my body? There are so many underwear shapes, there are so many bra shapes, and there are a even more body shape. So you want to find something that you put on, you go, this makes me look awesome. And if it doesn't make you look awesome, perhaps, and you can't find the perfect thing, maybe you can take the closest to perfect and then change it so that it is really flattering to your particular body type and lines. And also fit is hugely important. If you're buying a bra that you're going to build a costume on too, it needs to make your tits look rad. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, they never look better. And then you have to think about what are you going to do in that bra? If you're going to go upside down, try it on upside down. Make sure it's going to work. Or if you're going to go sideways or hop up and down or whatever. And same with the underwear. It has a more limited function. <laughs> you don't need to do so many things with your underwear. It just needs to cover your um lady parts and um, but it needs to fit and you don't want things that cut in and give you you know hangover of skin or um that's really important but once you have something that fits good and looks good and you've altered it if necessary and tailored it then you though there's no limit to what you can do with it for stage you can turn it into something completely spectacular <laughs> if you don't take the time So we just talked about lingerie on stage, but mm -hmm. tell us, Catherine, you just woke up. It's around 10 a.m. in the USA now. What are you wearing at home? Oh, it's so beautiful what I'm wearing right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know where I want to go now. Tell us I a little know. bit. Oh, gosh, if I was only in bed naked. But, um, oh. <laughs> uh, I would love to say that I am wearing a really lovely piece from the new loungewear line but honestly I just finished my morning yoga so I am I can't lie I am wearing my yoga pants because I just finished yoga <laughs> but I'm wearing also a t-shirt because it was so Catherine you're ruining my story because I wanted to ask you what would be your advice for the girls that feel a bit too lazy to be well dressed at home don't you well, believe Don't you believe that there's an easy way to be elegant also just in just at home, just when you're waking up or in the evening before going to bed? For sure. And I and I um I absolutely think it's really important to wear things that make you feel good. And when I was working on this new loungewear line that I um am now launching, I wanted something that was like sensual but also attractive. So I um I wanted something that was easy to wear and something that would be that thing that you always reach for. The first thing you always want. And if it's in the hamper, you're just super disappointed. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's possible to be glamorous and comfortable. And just, and also, there's nothing lazy about waking up and doing yoga first thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. But I mean, But, my, my little secret maybe uh, that I can share with the listeners is that, for example, me... Uh, I just don't buy ugly things and I only have beautiful gowns at home. And then even when you feel lazy and also maybe you're a little bit depressed because your boyfriend broke up with you and you just want to, but you don't have the choice, but wearing a beautiful, luxurious gown. So you just don't have the choice. And I think that's uh, important, just the choice that you make to the beginning of what you buy. Catherine and your beautiful, beautiful gowns. Tell us about them and the feathers and the beautiful fabrics. 
Oh, I'm glad you like them. Uh, they, I just started making stuff, honestly, to support the launch of the lounge or line that I wanted to build. And that's really just kind of being a hooker and selling stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, it's something that's fun to make and it's, um, there's a lot of different possibilities and I like to make the robes and the gowns for, and it's really been nice to see them get popularity and get such a nice response online. I mean, and the popularity goes, I mean, it's so big that they became even memes and became one of the most famous is, I need this outfit for when the police come and tell me my rich husband died in mysterious circumstances. I mean, that's the Catherine Delish robe. <laughs> so funny. And it's funny because my team and I, we all make so many jokes about like, because we get a lot of messages like and see comments like, I want to be buried in this or I killed my <laughs> husband in this. And they're like, oh my God, people are only dying because of these. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's not, I mean, it's just nice to see people respond even if they're killing people because of it, but, uh, it's nice. All right. Thank you so much for the time that you have, uh, given us and just please tell us a little bit before, uh, the links to your shops and also of course, to your website, where can people find all the informations about you? And of course, where can they buy your beautiful robes, your beautiful gowns, and also my favorite ones, the little bunny slippers. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. I love the, my bunnies are kind of my babies. Uh, I've been working on that for a really long time to, uh, get that into stores and, um, make something that I liked. That started uh, about 16 years ago when I made them as a, a birthday present for Dita. And I've just started making them and wanted to build a business with that. So um, <laughs> I'm, those are precious to me for sure. And and uh, they're all comfy and cozy, but also cute. I've always loved a bunny slipper. So I wanted to make bunny slippers my way. <laughs> with recycled mink beautiful yeah absolutely <laughs> and there and i know that fur is definitely a touchy subject but i i you know i think recycling and repurposing is also important and we use vintage coats of the highest quality just it doesn't mean i can go into a thrift store and buy a fur coat because i can't it won't survive the construction process but um i love to find a new use for something that people don't really use anymore like uh people aren't wearing their fur coats like they used to mm-hmm. and Turning them into slippers is something I I feel okay about cutting up a coat. I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree. So, Kat, so please tell us uh, where can people buy your beautiful gowns and robes and slippers? On which website? Um, the slippers are definitely available at uh, Max Fields in LA, which is a very prestigious boutique that I'm very proud to have been uh in and oh, wow. the the robes and feather uh, gowns, the more elaborate gowns are now available at my big cartel page, which is boudoir by delish dot big The loungewear line is launching now, and we have actually we have just a few cap now that we because we funded part of the production costs with a Kickstarter campaign. And uh, so we're filling all those orders. And uh, as those are getting filled, I do have some captains available and we'll have some extra pieces available Mm -hmm. that I'll be releasing um, 
as they come out. Those will also be on my big cartel page. And the lounger line and slippers are at my website, which is Boudoir by Delish. But all the sales are on the big cartel page. Perfect. So before ending this interview, we have a little surprise message from Satan's angel for you. Let's listen to it. You tell Catherine Delish, I'm waiting for her to come see me. Oh, As Mae oh, West oh. would say, come up and see me sometime. Oh my God, how can she say no? Because <laughs> I'm an old damn lesbian, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to see Satan's Angel any soon? Oh, I'm sure we'll cross paths. She is like one of the best lesbians I've ever met, for sure. <laughs> oh my God, there are some stories that I, really, I can tell you that are that uh, a wonderful experiences I've shared with Satan's Angel. She's been really fun to, um, anytime you're in the same room with Satan's Angel, you're going to be having a good time. Yes, please share with us one of those stories. Um, oh, no. Oh, come on, <laughs> just one, a funny one. <laughs> <laughs> um, just just having fun with her and um i just you know i like who doesn't love a lesbian story <laughs> <laughs> so i i can't share any of those stories on on the radio show but i they're pretty good <laughs> mm, so my mission of the next uh, burlesque on air episode is going to be to find out what happened between Catherine and Satan's angel. <laughs> oh, right, I wouldn't say anything happened. I just it's just shit, swapping stories. Swapping. <laughs> All right, thank you, Catherine Delish, so 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 much uh, for being in our radio show. We were so honored to hear your stories and uh, get your beautiful, your, your amazing advices. And uh, uh, best luck for the future and I hope to see you soon I hope we'll share the stage again it will be such a big honor for me and um, have a great day alright thank you Lana bye bye thank you alright we have Marsha who is Marsha? she's one of Satan's angel's friends even she's her neighbor and she worked back in the 60s at Fredericks of Hollywood. Fredericks of Hollywood was a very, very famous luxury uh, uh, lingerie uh, brand that was founded back in 1947. They were actually the inventors of the push-up bra. And Marsha, she worked there in, the, in their store in the 60s. When Marsha arrived in the Fredericks of Hollywood store, she was just a young, innocent virgin girl but oh well the world that she discovered welcome to burlesque on air marsha thank you <laughs> so you have to tell us a little bit your story how did you end up working at the fredericks of hollywood and which kind of world did you discover there well it was quite different things that i had never even seen much less heard about <laughs> and uh, I was out of high school in 65, and I couldn't find work. So I went to a um, employment service, and they sent me to Fredericks of Hollywood. I was supposed to be the bookkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> but as it turned out, I ended up being a sales girl. And later on, the bookkeeping came, but... I was taught the different types of lingerie, how to present them to women, 
Uh, I did, you know, all the hanging up of the clothes when they would come mm-hmm. in from, you know, whatever warehouses. Oh, and then I had to learn how to teach people how to wear their push-up bras. Whoa! And that <laughs> was so embarrassing for me. Why? Because I was so modest, right? And my boss says, now, you have to go in the dressing room. I didn't like people in the dressing room with me, much less go into somebody else's dressing room, you know. <laughs> and they say, now, you have to take a hold of their bust and lay it up and plop it down on the pad, you know, so that it lays just right, so that it pushes it up. And I'm thinking, I can't do this. I can't do this. I was so embarrassed. So I peep and I knock on the door and I'd say, can I have, you know, may I help you with something? May I tell you how to do this? And I was hoping my boss wouldn't hear me because I was too embarrassed to go in there to show him how to do it. So sweet, sweet, Marsha, when you arrived in the doors of Fredericks of Hollywood, you were probably just wearing cotton big panties and sort of very, very uh, uh, modest lingerie. And then you discovered the world of the 60s luxurious underwear. Tell us a little bit more about about the materials. What was very fashionable at the time? Well, I think what shocked me the most, there was crotchless panties. <laughs> and bras with holes for the nipples to come through. <laughs> and there was a set, you know, of panties and the bra together. And then they were sold separately, of course. And then we had one famous outfit, and it was real sheer material. And it was a negligee. And, and then it had the bear, marabou fur or caribou, whatever Ooh. it is, marabou <laughs> fur or feathers all around it, you know. It was one of our most expensive items, and it was well, well known. And it, we had this cage out in front of the store. It was gold. And this mannequin would stand there, and we would put that outfit on there most of the time. And this lady would walk in with her little son, and she'd say, weekly. That is so disgusting. You have to get rid of that. (laughs) (laughs) That was so funny. (laughs) To me, it was, you know. And I was thinking, I'm not much better than she is because it just shocked me, you know. So tell us a little bit about your regular clients. What was the average client that would come into your shop? Uh, Showgirls. Really? And men. Oh, buying the lingerie for the wives or for the lovers? Both. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have any weird customers in your career? Oh, yes. Tell us a little bit. We want to know everything. Well, uh, men would come in, they'd pick things out for their wives, and then they would take it home, give it to them for Valentine's or birthdays. And, of course, they'd come back with them right away and say, we can't wear this. This is disgusting or whatever, you know. And the women, you know, they would come in and they'd look at, well, we don't know if we can use this or not. You know, it it, it just was crazy. It really was. There was something new every day <laughs> that was enjoyable and funny, you know. Oh, yes, the bridal negligees, <laughs> you know, and 
In fact, I bought mine for my wedding night there. Oh. <laughs> I did. I put it on layaway, and I had that for my bridal trousseau, oh. I guess you call it. Oh. So how many pieces would a lingerie set had back in the 60s? I guess bra, panties, I guess we, sh- couldn't, uh, we shouldn't forget uh, the suspenders. Were there other secrets for women back in the, the, back in the 60s? Today we're yeah. just so sporty, but back then in the days, I mean, women would, give, uh, would make such a big effort, right? Yes, there was belly buttons. Oh. And these belly buttons had like cluster of grapes on them. <laughs> Stop it, Cece. <laughs> anyway, and there was like three in a package. And then they had uh, pasties, of course. Not as good as they are now, but, you know, they were little uh, pasties that would go along with the belly buttons. Oh, they would sell pasties in the shops? Oh, yes. And then... Uh, they had uh, different uh, things that people could use for sex, different things like that. Gels, bells, you name it. <laughs> really? <laughs> so even sort of... I mean, I, I, I can only imagine you as a little virgin coming into this shop full oh, of sort of you. sex toys. <laughs> did, it ch- did it change you a lot? Uh, I think it brought me out of my shell a lot. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> and, you know, I learned a lot. And, you know, because like I said, I come from a very modest, uh, whatever family, you know, we just didn't think about things like that. <laughs> and uh, so it was quite different, quite different. And then Mr. Fredericks came in one day. To visit. <gasps> oh, my God, really? Yes, he wanted to congratulate us for selling the most bras of all the stores. Oh, <laughs> so was he very impressive? Oh, yes, he came and kissed our hand. <gasps> and uh, he said that for selling so many bras that we each would receive two free bras of our choice. Oh. Well, that's hysterical. <laughs> I mean, I have these big honking things in front of me. And all these push-up bras. I mean, what what I going to do with one of those? And besides, I don't even think they would have fit, you know? But I mean, so they, yeah. You know, I found one that was uh, no push-up, no nothing. It was just a plain lace bra. So I took two of those. But my boss said, Marsha, what are you going to do when you have children? <laughs> she says, and I'm going, what do you mean? <laughs> so... Dumb, so- you know? So although you were tempted day by day into all these sins, you resisted and you stayed pure. Oh, yes, definitely. Oh, yes. <laughs> But now you have Satan's angels and your neighbors, so that's not going to last. <laughs> oh, that's trouble right there. Yeah. I'm gonna that's trouble. Fredericks of Hollywood didn't make you naughty, but oh, my God, now Satan's? <laughs> I, I, she's already changing. <laughs> I, we, we dressed her up and threw a sequin top and a, a feathered bow on her. <laughs> She sent it to her sister, and her sister goes, Oh, my gosh, is that you? Because she was beautiful. <laughs> wow, oh, my God, the decadence has started. <laughs> right. right, and they tell me I'm the instigator. <laughs> 
darling, tell me, do you miss in the girls nowadays that uh, refinement, that uh, silhouette that you girls had back in the days? When you look at the girls today, do you have any advice to give to them? Just be careful. <laughs> About really, what? It's very dangerous out there. Oh, really that's so sweet. And you know, whatever you do, it doesn't matter what you want to do as long as you enjoy it. But just be careful out there. Aww. And treat yourself good. I mean, don't think of yourself as bad or, you know, uh, like a piece of trash or something. Treat yourself like you're a queen, you Aww. know? Thank, Thank you, you very, beautiful. very much. That's Thank amazing. you so much. And you are the queen of our hearts now. <laughs> Thank you for being on Burlesque on Air and we loved hearing your stories. A lot, a lot of kisses and it was nice to live with you again those beautiful years of your youth. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> So, Suzanne, we have a very, very special guest, an expert in lingerie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a very, very beautiful girl. Mm -hmm, I agree. <laughs> yes. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> she's an artist, she's a DJ, she's a bouncer. But what interests us is that she's uh, a seller for a very, very luxurious lingerie brand we're not gonna say any names today mm. but she has a very amazing stories to share with us kinky stories welcome to burlesque on air nico thank you hello ladies <laughs> so you're a lingerie expert tell us which lingerie are we wearing tonight well the bra i'm wearing is called sidonie and it's actually i'm wearing the matching bottom to it so it's sidonie brief oh. and sidonie bra <laughs> oh and what about you suzanne cotton bra and cotton <laughs> Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, white, white <laughs> cotton. <yeah. laughs> so Satan's angel told us that uh, uh, she doesn't wear any lingerie. You wear white cotton, of course. I wear. You yeah, should come by and stay a little bit. I have some champagne there, and we just you oh. know oh, yeah, take really? some time, mm -hmm. and I introduce you to the stories of really nice lingerie. So mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> sounds, sounds uh, seducing. Oh, a private. Yeah, that's tour the word the <laughs> that we cannot name. No. <laughs> Well, <laughs> so yes, so Nico, she can give you private tours, but she does that as well for her clients and customers. And she has some very weird ones. That's why she's here. Yeah, I do. Well, I'm working there since four and a half years, I think now. And, you know, the pretty normal questions are for me now normal are, uh, well, yeah, my wife, I don't know her size. And then, you know, the guys is looking at my, you know, yeah, what size do you have? And what are you wearing? And all those questions, that's already like normal. And then I'm trying to, I, you know, to be like really nice, but still strong and to say, well, you know, these are our mannequins. Look at them. You can touch them. You don't touch me. <laughs> And as then you, we can we can find uh, the size, you know. So we will be fine. Just uh, look at the mannequins. Don't look at me. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even know when I when we pitched you for the show. I didn't even know that the lingerie selling world was so kinky and well, so naughty and so full of purse. It is, but it's especially because this brand, you know, it's it's a very personal um, experience. There, it's not like. A normal lingerie where you go, uh, you go there, just looking for a bra. There's no, 
know a girl who helps you with the sizes or anything you just have to find your own way and we have a really strong personal um I say a connection to the customer and I really enjoy the feeling of you know a girl walks in she's totally shy and she's just you know walking around and she's seeing those things and I mean some are really hot like I mean play suits they're called those straps and you know with this how you call those the harnesses or the harness the, or what a dog has you know the yeah. line uh, how you call leash them? Mm -hmm. yeah and then they're like oh my god yeah I never that's not possible and then I don't know, after one hour, I get her inside the fitting room. And then after another half an hour, maybe I give her the place. And then she completely freaks out like, oh, my God, it's so nice. I always wanted to have this. <laughs> and she, she, I get her some champagne or water if she wants. <laughs> and uh, she walks out and has a completely different feeling of herself, you know. And I can see that she's really happy. And that's what I enjoy the most of it. So just nice try, moments. Yeah. <laughs> so just trying on lingerie can completely change the self-esteem of a woman yeah, totally. and self yeah, self-assurance. Totally, especially for example when you never wear a suspender, you know? Mm -hmm. I have so many girls and women who come in there and they try on the bra because we always have matching sets like bra, suspender, bottom, ouverts, of course too, mm -hmm. opened bottoms mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, then first I, I show them the suspender and they're like no they are always so uncomfortable I'm like no it's not true maybe you don't wear it in the right way you know just have to find the feeling for it and yeah it's so annoying I cannot put them on the stockings and then I always always do it together as long as they do it in one second so uh, <laughs> and then they they are completely like wow I'm so sexy okay <laughs> I have to take it I have to get it and I'm like yes you have you don't have to but it looks nice <laughs> So you were talking about personal connection with your clients, but apparently some clients, especially the male ones, take this connection a little bit too far, right? Yes. I mean, the, what I said, the normal questions are more like, what are you wearing right now? And But sometimes I have uh, experiences there, like really freaks and guys, they walk in and um, there are some, they always come back. I already know them now, so I'm safe now. But in the beginning, they just can <laughs> So you've got stalkers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Men and women. more stalkers than me, lad, right? There's, for example, this one guy, and um, he looks completely normal, like really normal guy, not so bad looking. And he comes in, he's always looking at um, the corsets, actually. And then he's um, showing, I'm asking Leah, can I, like, are you looking for something special? Can I show you something maybe or whatever? Are you looking for a classic one or more, whatever? And then he's like, yeah, well, I have these pictures here. And I'm like, oh, what pictures like yeah of my um of the one who's gonna get it not boyfriend girlfriend the one who's gonna get it i'm like okay who is this person <laughs> and then he he shows me the like really strange photographs of his vietnamese she boy i don't know what? Uh, yeah. yeah like really weird and i'm like too much information <laughs> i don't want to see it. and then he's like really getting into it and ah now i show you the other photographs you know and i'm like oh, okay bye <laughs> Um, you know, uh, here are the corsets. Um, I have to do something now. You know, I have to pick up the phone or whatever. <laughs> Is it ringing? You're know. like the expert of finding excuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to actually. But I mean, that's a bit. That's a bit weird. Or, 
Um, what is a bit more funny, I think. Are there many men coming to try on female lingerie? Yeah, sometimes. Not so many, but um, normally they always call before. Okay. Like, yeah, so they announce the thing? Can I try it on? I'm like, with, uh, at our um, shop, you're not allowed as a man to try those things on. But you can do it at home, of course. You can buy it, try it on at home, bring it back, you know, and uh, get something else. But uh, that's actually pretty normal too. But uh, I also, a lot of things, a lot of uh, men come in in a really nice suit, really good looking with a little um, trolley. Oh yeah, I have to go to my hotel now. It's an Adlon hotel, Adlon. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, I really, I quickly need something for my secretary. And then he's uh, he's really looking directly I for the... I quickly need something for my yeah. secretary, okay. Yeah, and then he's getting the 600 euro whip, you know. Uh -huh. He's like completely focused on it. Ah, oh, yeah, here's that, that's what I want. I'm like, uh, okay. He's not even trying to lie to you no, to no, say it's he, for my wife. They're just no, saying it's for the secretary. After that, he's actually saying, yeah, and now I need something for my wife, a perfume. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, maybe if her wife was shopping a little bit more often. Yeah, I thought that sounds great. Wife gets a perfume, secretary gets a 600 euro whip. I mean, <laughs> that's there's a big difference between that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've heard that you also do a lot of like personal shopping. So you go to hotels to yeah. uh, show the lingerie, personal shopping. And uh, I, can, I, I mean, I can imagine those hotel rooms when you close the door behind you. <laughs> yeah, when I close them. Sometimes I leave them open for my own safety. <laughs> <laughs> Some weird things must happen. Sometimes, yeah, well... I have, um, because I'm working there now for so many years, I have uh, some uh, well-known VIPs, like uh, famous football players or people from the music business or, you know, or just really rich people from Abu Dhabi, <laughs> whatever. And of course, when uh, they shop with us, I um, always go, it's a service, of course, you know, they spend a lot of money, like really a lot. And then I go to the hotel and bring them what they just bought or maybe what they will buy, you know, it's just a commission thing. And um, this one thing was about this one guy that was really strange. He was standing actually in this huge hotel room waiting for me. I don't know. He was like, yeah, I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to be there. Don't worry. And then he was just standing there and he's like 500 euro suit, whatever. Oh, hello there. And I'm like, oh, you're here. Great. <laughs> I <laughs> just wanted to bring ahead. it to the, he already paid for everything. You know, it's just, I just wanted to drop it off there. And then he was, you know, um, asking me weird questions. Can I say that about the... Yes! yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This but, is you can say everything. You can say everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we want to know everything. That's why you're here. We're gonna, we're gonna cut out all the rest okay. of the interview that's not <laughs> naughty. He was actually... Uh, he was asking me, yeah, thank you so much. And blah, blah. can I ask you something? And I'm like, oh, yes, of course, you can ask me something. I hope it's not so strange. And then <laughs> he was asking, well... Um, where can I find a good uh, bleaching cream for my wife? And I thought, I mean, I don't directly think about bleaching for down there. <laughs> I was like, bleaching, bleaching, what, uh, what does it mean maybe for hair on the arm? You know, sometimes women are like this in Abu Dhabi, so uh, you don't know. But then he was like, no, no, for down there. And I'm like, uh... Wait, was that for the vagina or for yeah, the apes? it was. For the vagina? I think for, for the everything vagina? there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like really inside. And he oh. was like, yeah, like uh -huh. for in there. And I'm like, <laughs> making him, you know, mm. show me with his hands where, you know, uh, yeah. where. And I'm like, 
because she's like really dark there and I'm like oh my god mm-hmm. I mean so, can you imagine that poor woman that has to that's be what uncomfortable I thought too. Like, that's what so I thought disgusting too. No? I, first thing I want to ask him well have you ever asked a woman if she wants it you know yeah. maybe it's not maybe you want it and maybe you know do you have any idea what's inside those uh, uh, things it's like I don't think it's 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 not good at all for the skin down yeah. there especially <laughs> and then well my answer was uh Please uh, go. I don't really know. Um, go to a pharmacy. There are some really good ones in Berlin. Well, not really. I mean, they're all the same. <laughs> so uh, that's was the only answer I I could think of so quickly. So um, and then he asked me if I can stay, but then he, uh, he had 200 euros in his hand and a bottle of champagne, and I'm <laughs> like, well, you know, the next uh, client is waiting for me. I really don't have time. Oh, I'm really should, sorry. Oh, you should have just said. Ah. I just, I'm so sorry, but I really think that my vagina is too dark. Yeah. You're not going to like it. I now mean, that you said the words oh. <laughs> down there, what? He really said down there. And I'm like, down there. I was really not so quick and thinking like, oh, yeah, of course, down mm. there. <laughs> so we talk a lot about male pervs. Mm. But I mean, were there like female perv customers? Well, of course, I have uh, sometimes females who... Uh, who look at me a bit longer and um, then I find them in the fitting rooms and they ask me if I can, you know, when someone is trying on a corset, of course they need your hand. That's obvious. I mean, for the first time or whatever, you cannot do it by yourself. Like maybe, I can, I guess you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> But if you are there, Although you know. I would really fake it and, oh, Nico, could yeah, you yeah, help yeah. me, please? Yeah, then <laughs> I had already. Um, From tomorrow, I'm going to be your new pearl customer. Just going to yes. come bother you every day in the shop. <laughs> Yeah, I had a girl there and she was like, she got really completely turned on when I closed her corset. And then she was like, uh, you know, starting to touch me because we were, oh. uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, and looking at me and she was getting like completely naked for a corset. Like, no, mm-hmm. nothing, you know, nothing. I'm like, well, that's nice that you trust me so much, but you don't have to undress everything, you know. <laughs> it's fine if you feel comfortable. Do you want a glass of champagne? I just want to get out <laughs> of there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I, yeah, well, I, I closed the corset. It takes some a while because she was moving all the time. And, like, oh, and then she was starting to sweat. And I'm like, and it's really hot in the fitting room. <laughs> and then, I mean, I was, I was a bit, she was looking in the mirror in my eyes and, you know, looking at me. And we wear um, uniforms there, you know, uh-huh. with stockings and high heels and everything. I'm another person there. So um, she was like, yeah. And then she was touching me like, ah, oh, yeah, so nice. And so um, <laughs> when are you finished and how much do you cost the hour? I already oh, had that. What? Oh, really? From a woman. Yeah. Like just cash. Yeah. Yeah. Really. I had uh, this from a woman, also from a man and from couples. She so was like, I don't know, maybe 35 or something. Yeah, so yeah. Uh-huh. She was, age. I mean, she was kind of hot, but I was not so much into her, you know. I'm sorry. <laughs> so were you ever into one of your clients? Did anything ever happen in those changing rooms? Um, with me or with them? You with mean? you and somebody you else? With them. Or let's, let's talk about another. I your, know you would like to know friend, that. <laughs> your seller friend. Not you, but someone well, else. <laughs> let's just say a lot of things are happening behind closed curtains. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to come by maybe and find out yourself. Nico, uh-huh. <laughs> I can't. I closed my corset yeah. and then I look at you in the mirror in your eyes <laughs> and we will both start sweating 
<laughs> so there are still some secrets happening there. And yeah, just come by, you know, and we'll oh, see. <laughs> and then I know that if she offers me champagne, it means that she just wants to move to something else. <laughs> like some woman says like, oh, I have a headache, but you just decide like, do you want champagne? Yeah, but actually, you know, the, the, the question about do you want champagne is always, it can be really helpful for them to relax. It can be helpful for me to get out of the situation. Champagne is always a good thing. Guess, How so. many bottles of champagne do uh, you a lot. Per day? <laughs> a lot. Is it real champagne or is it Yeah, cycle? it's really expensive oh. one from the, uh, yeah, it's really good one. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so for your experience let's give some tips we like to give tips to our listeners <laughs> what is the piece of lingerie that turns on the most man and woman um well I, I i wouldn't say there's one thing that turns on everyone because everyone is you know different has their own um, fetish ideas of what is hot or sexy or whatever there are a lot of men who really like uh, see-through lace And a lot of women too, like really um, expensive lace. Um, we have this designer from uh, whatever, it's not so important. The designer is hot. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have um, also women who really like the um, bras and bottoms that have a lot of straps, you know, mm -hmm. just like straps, strap everywhere, straps, no lace, no silk, just, you know, a bit more hard way. Mm -hmm. And actually, those are the ones that are more quiet and working in an office. And this one uh, lady, she was like 45 and, or older, I don't know, pretty good looking. And she was like, yeah, I always wear them underneath my blouse. I'm the only one who knows it, but it's uh. such a nice feeling. And I'm like, yeah, you're the only one, right? <laughs> it's true. I mean, as women, we have our little secrets. And even if it's yeah, just a secret that we know, it makes us feel so self-confident. Yeah, you know? totally. Like wearing a suspender for, you know, some woman there. Exactly. It's just like it's they walk completely different. It's a completely different way of uh, showing themselves, you know, to the outside. Whatever is, whoever knows what's underneath there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So what is the oldest kinky client you had in the shop? The oldest one... Well, I have uh, a client who comes by quite often. He never, oh. but he's not a, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, maybe fortunately, he's not a client. He just comes by and brings me things for my salad. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's really like, how do you say, radieschen? Mm. Uh, Radish? Radish? Maybe, yeah. With, you know those rose the pink red ones. ones. Yeah, yeah. They look like little fingers there. It's like really weird. And he's always bringing me this and he's always talking to me and he's like, I don't know, 72 maybe. And he's always like, yeah, so uh, what is new? And I'm like, oh, again, the same question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's he's okay, but he talks a lot and he's always coming back. And I don't know, it's sometimes a bit weird. But then in the end, I, I think, well, those people are more, for me, I feel more comfortable than some guy asking for bleaching creams, actually, <laughs> really, like, yeah. really. So it's okay. <laughs> What is the most extravagant lady that you had in the shop? The extravagant? Extravagant lady, a bit of a crazy lady that came Oh, the actually, shop. just last week, I okay. just, it was just last week, I had to call the security again. <laughs> Um, How many times per day do you have to call security? Well, last week it was uh, three times a day, which is pretty much. Really? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, we had uh, uh, two weeks ago, we had a guy who thought, you know, he wants to have a happy end in the shop. Oh. You know what I mean? And yeah. that was really disgusting. So um, 
I don't know where he had the time to put out his thing, you know. Oh, he put I, it out. Yeah, I didn't see it. I was, uh, my colleague room. was there. I was just somewhere else. I don't know. I, I didn't see it. I, uh, luckily, <laughs> not in the changing room, on the shop floor. Oh, somewhere behind. I don't know. <laughs> and he was, we were, it was interesting because we were just um, putting on with this, uh, the pistol, you know, the, the sale, um, it's like a Klebepistole. Mm, like a glue, 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 glue yeah, not glue, glue but yeah. it puts on the the prices which are on sale okay. now, you know. And he just looked at this pistol thing, a glue gun, whatever. Yeah. He got completely excited hot, about, yeah, about a woman <laughs> having this in his in her hand, and then uh, he actually got his happy end, <laughs> and uh, on the on the gun. Ugh. Yeah, because the lady who was um, uh, shooting with this, it's really d disgusting actually. What? <laughs> so wait, where was she put this the gun, gun somewhere yeah. uh, somewhere else to get more uh, stuff from the back room from the from the delivery and while she was in the back he got the gun and he did his thing with it, it and then he put it back and it was still on the Ugh. gun Ugh. and the lady was screaming and she Ugh. thought oh looking <laughs> at the roof <laughs> It was really, that was really disgusting. I wish I would have been there. I was just, I don't know, where was I? I was somewhere else. You wish you had been there, yeah? I would, I mean, uh, because the lady called the security and they took like one hour to come. I'm, because I'm a security myself, I think like, where is the security, you know? Mm -hmm. I can't believe that. It's like, and then he went away. He had his fun. <laughs> how, can you, can you, do you think you can give a number to how many men came in your shop, literally came. Um, well, how much? How many liters of sperm were? <laughs> well, we have. I think I've seen that, and I also have seen dog pee on the floor. <laughs> so there are some there. It, it tells a story. I think this. Well, it's a really nice shop. I have to say. <laughs> Now it looks like it's like a trash. We renovated just a year shop. ago. <laughs> yeah, you have to renovate every two yeah, weeks just to totally. eliminate the traces. Well, one one dog uh, uh, was walking in the shop and he just peed on the curtain because it was just too comfortable, there you know. You go. Oh. And there was this huge yellow spot and <laughs> nobody cleaned it. I called the the cleaning lady and she didn't want to clean it. So it's uh, we changed the curtains like uh, last year, which is just, you know, like five months ago. And it was just, it always reminded me of this tiny little really nice dog <laughs> who just felt so comfortable that he had to pee. <laughs> so not only you have man purrs, not only you have woman purrs, but yeah, you have animals, also dog purrs. Animals Wait, everywhere. What else? What's next? A guinea pig? <laughs> uh, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and what happened with this lady you wanted to tell? Oh, about? yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I completely forgot about it. She was... Um, She's really a psycho lady. I mean, really, it's not actually. She's. I wish she get she would get some help somewhere because she's really lost in her world. She's Russian, and she's always talking in Russian. I never understand her, and she's coming there <laughs> since about eight years. Can you imagine that? Since eight years, that's a long time. And she's always doing the same thing. She's she looks a bit like a homeless, uh, a bit you know, a homeless uh, lady in late forties. I would say. And first you think, oh, poor lady. But then she's always walking, uh, walking down the same, um, you know, the, she's always doing the same movements. She goes to the perfume. She sprays the perfumes 52 times. I was counting it. Oh, it's not a joke. 52 times. <laughs> That's like a it's almost jokes. empty then. Yeah. And it, this, the perfume she's always spraying, it really stinks. It's really not nice. <laughs> 
and she plays it on uh, on her um, pullover. Yeah. And the pullover, she's she only has two, and it already has a yellow. Um, From eight years, she has only yes. two pullovers, and, and it's already bleached here. <laughs> uh, bleached. Here we go again, because it's like, and she walks in. She sits down. She looks at the catalog. Always the same. Always the same. And then she always asks for if we have a little proben, you know, testers. Yeah, testing. Oh. And then she leaves. And then uh, about a couple of weeks ago, she got really strange, more, even more strange, because I had this lady, she was my customer. She was really nice. She had this uh, ring for like with a lot of brilliance on it. And um, she spent a lot of money. And I have a very close um, relationship to the customer. Then I don't want anything coming in there, you know. So this really strange Russian lady, the psycho one, she just stood next to her and she was like, in Russian, she said something like, uh, Ruski, I don't know, like, you, you are Russian, right? And, and I'm like, okay, that's the reason now to talk to her and say, you know, you get out of here now. It's over now, you know, don't talk to my people. And then she was like, yeah, uh, uh, sorry, okay, with this really weird eyes and really strange, um, thing in her eyes. Next day, her mom came of the Russian lady who's like 70, I don't know what. Uh -huh. She was like, ah, yeah, can you please next time when she's coming, please say hello and goodbye, otherwise she will cry the whole day. And uh -huh. I'm like, oh, okay, this is getting weird. Then she came again. Then she was again sitting down and I walked up to her last week and I'm like, well, you know, that's just not okay if you talk to my customers. I mean, we are nice to you. We give you some tests sometimes, but, you know, just go your way and try to find, you know, just go away. Yeah. <laughs> and then she was standing up And she was screaming at me. And I really, because, uh, I don't know, I had this really weird feeling that she's going to hit me. Like 100%. I was completely sure. She's going to hit me. She's going to get completely mad. She was thinking like, wow, wow. And she had this, the, the, uh, her eyes were like so mad. I mean, I rarely see this. This, it, it came really from the bottom of somewhere. I have no idea. I was really scared. I was really scared. And she was screaming like 15 minutes in Russian. I'm like, Oh man, and she was standing in front of me like five centimeters in front of my nose, and I'm like, okay, what's happening? And then the security Do you guy. Want a glass came. Of champagne? <laughs> <laughs> no, just get out of here. <laughs> well, I needed I needed the champagne after that. <laughs> I was really scared. Really. Mm. It, it takes a while that I'm scared from people screaming at me, like really scared. You have this feeling in your stomach where you think like Okay, something's gonna happen here now, I'm sure. And then she went circling around the shop, like, wow, wow, wow. And I'm like, oh, she's gonna, something's gonna be crashed here right now. Something's gonna like the perfume or whatever. And then she walked away, and then the security came, which I called like half an hour ago. Mm -hmm. It's like this uh, sleeping pill guy. He's like, <laughs> oh, what's going on? I'm like, you know what, just forget it. <laughs> he just, you know, I don't know, he's sleeping like all the time. So that was last week. <laughs> So apparently oh. that's not only a lingerie shop, it's a psychological... For anyone who needs psychological therapy, just go to Nico. Okay, so once we get crazy, we will show yeah. up there. We already yeah. are. So we, yeah. so now we just know where to go and tell our, you know, problems. I have a lot of patience, but, you know, sometimes I, even I come to a point where I say, go away. <laughs> not oh. anymore. Uh, so just maybe, go. <laughs> maybe that's a subliminal message to the both of us to go away uh, and to finish this but, interview here. But let's, let's get some testes there and some champagne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get champagne yeah. Sure, of course. I have also very good chocolate and oh, strawberries sometimes. 
<laughs> yeah, you should really come by. We're gonna have some fun. Thank you so much, Nico, for thank being you. our guest yeah, and sharing so your stories with girl. us. <laughs> I mean, who would have imagined? Like, really, who would have imagined? The yeah, a lot of people are really shop. surprised. And it's when like I say, like, yeah, normal question is, what are you wearing underneath? What? Did he really say that? I'm like, uh, yeah, well, that's okay. I mean, I'm okay with this, you know. And the little girls who start at, uh, I almost said the word now. <laughs> <laughs> the little girls who start there and they are 21, they cannot handle this, you know. Yeah. I mean, a lot of men walk in there and really think it's a sex job. I can do whatever I want. You know, uh, do you, you have whips? Okay, so you must have vi vi vibrators mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. as well and everything else. And you wear a uniform, you look so sexy, so you must be used to men looking at you, you know. Like there are some, sometimes they are real assholes, those men. They're like, well, that's sort of a problem in modern society. Uh, of in course, general, and, anywhere, I think. As soon as a woman is dressed sexy. Yeah, yeah. If you wear a more down to here, then, exactly. you know, it's your own fault yeah. that you, yeah. you have to handle like really dirty questions, which yeah. you don't want to just hear all the time, you know. Mm. <laughs> the power of sexuality. Yeah. Yeah, but thanks a lot for all these insights. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> But thank you, Nico, for being with us. Mwah. Thank you. Mwah, mwah, mwah. See you <laughs> soon. <laughs> Sex. Sex. So, Suzanne, from now on, you're going to be wearing lace, lingerie for me, suspenders. When mm. I will arrive in the studio, you're going to be waiting for me like a Fredericks of Hollywood model. Like an exhibitionist, just with my long coat yeah. and then... Mm. And I'm gonna be Virgin <laughs> Marsha. In a sense, we're mm. gonna be exchanging roles from now on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this episode has been very productive, I think, because even just uh, thinking that you, from now on, you're gonna be wearing sexy vintage lingerie. Mm -hmm. I mean, this has just changed your life. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> And I hope it has changed the life of our listeners as well. From now on, there's gonna be a lace uh, lingerie revolution out there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can just find out on your own. Go outside, search for a luxurious or even cheaper lingerie shop, and yeah, get yourself dressed and yes. secretly openly. Yeah, sex down there. From now on, suspenders all the way. All right, dear listeners, and this is the end. I hope you have enjoyed our show. Of course, don't forget to follow us on our Facebook pages. www.facebook.com slash burlesque on air. And don't forget to follow us on our SoundCloud page or yeah, playlist. Just search on SoundCloud for Burlesque on Air and then, yeah, you find it. And don't forget to check our past YouTube tutorials on our YouTube channel. Where could they be? Hmm, maybe on a YouTube playlist called Burlesque on Air? I mean, <laughs> just be grown-up people and just Google us everywhere you can. Yeah, <laughs> we are widespread on the internet. <laughs> and we will see you on the 16th of March again with a special Producers Woman episode. Yeah. Yes. Woman producing stuff, making it happen. Mm. It's about women doing things. Woman power. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, yeah. Thanks to my lovely host, Lara Redster. And thanks to my lovely co-host, Suzanne. And as well, who is responsible for this episode uh, again? Who was it? I think me. Huh? Oh, there you go. Mm. <laughs> okay, so you, now you know. 
we hope you join us again in the next episode. Yeah. And so long. Take our kisses. Bye. Bye.